All right, it's Wednesday, December 14th, and we're rolling into Wednesday as I welcome my man's special guest this way, Ben Hadley, to help us take a tour around the news. We're looking at the impact of the IHS new consumer demand. And- yeah, I didn't get it all out. It's okay. Talking about interest rates, ben, which, you know, everybody talks about 18 times a month. <laughs> What's up, sir? Turning you up. What's good? There you go. It's, uh, you know, it's Wednesday. Paul's feeling a little under the weather. You're jumping in late, ready to go. Uh, we got year-end extravaganza one week from today. Have I told you I much about year-end extravaganza? No, you haven't really right. told me much. All right, so check this out. We did the year-end extravaganza last year. It was a live stream. A little over 1,300 people watched. We're hoping to get a little bit more this year. I think we're going to yeah. achieve that, but... Here's what we're doing is last year was kind of like these long 20 minute interviews, kind of panels, that type of thing. This year, everyone's coming in house. It's going full on tonight's show. We've got a band for the whole time. Bump ins, bump outs, commercials. The band was sick last time. Yeah, it it was sick. But like it ended at the beginning. Everyone was like, well, we want the band back. So they're going to be the whole time. It'll feel like the tonight show. We've got Michael Cirillo is going to be kind of like the side gig guy, the Ed McMahon. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So that's going to happen. And then we've even got like a little game show that we're going to do right in the middle, like a typical Fallon show. So Plinko. (laughs) That's that's Plinko is not even tonight's show, man. It's just true. No, he Plinkos. He Plinkos. All right, Blinko, that's fair. Bro. That's fair. I think they might call it like Blinko, but like it's it's Plinko. It's Plinko. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're also uh, we've been talking about this. So uh, True Car is doing this. I need a True Car campaign, and so if you know anyone that needs a car, needs five grand, uh, you can help them do a little Instagram TikTok. You can check it out at I need a True Car hashtag. I need a True Car on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and, and that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll show some of those videos at the year end extravaganza, but enough about next week. Let's talk about, about right now. We've got a few stories to talk about. The first one is kind of just kind of a toss out there. We'll see what happens with it. Maybe we have some commentary. Maybe we don't, but the insurance Institute for highway safety, the IIHS has rated only two out of 15 vehicles in the small crossover category as Good in the first frontal crash ta- uh, crash test in the U.S. to include uh, include a rear dummy. So the 2023 Ford Escape and the 22 uh, and 23 Volvo XC40 were the only vehicles to earn the good rating. Um, so basically, they've got a, a small woman in the front seat and a 12 year old passenger uh, passenger in the back seat, uh, and. Essentially, what's what's changed is from 1995 to just recently, the front crash test ratings were all about the same, and everybody was getting goods, which is kind of the top score there. And now, basically, nobody's getting a good, which for me, it's like, so I have, we both have kids, right? And... One of my, like, when when I'm driving alone, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, if I get in an accident, no big deal. But there's a thing that happens when... It doesn't happen to you like your kids in the car and you're like, like everything's more attention. I'm like double checking car seats and all the whole nine yards every time. And so like, yeah, there's like what? There's like, okay. I will say like, there's been moments I was, I was like, should I even admit this where I'm like, I like, if I'm solo, I'll like look up and be like, oh my God, I arrived. Like, (laughs) 
I'm like, no, everyone you know does it. I mean? Everyone like, does it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm messing around on like apps. I'm like doing, I'm like slacking people. And I'm like, oh, I'm here. Whoops. You know, like, right. If it's, if it's, uh, Rita's in the backseat, hell no. No, it you're on like, full lock. So yeah. uh, my, my, my question always, cause these IIHS ratings always change and it's always kind of like a jockeying position for dealerships. And like, you know, you, you use that material and point of sale material and all that type of stuff. Like, what does that do to consumer confidence in these vehicles in like, like how much I always think like, it, you know, we've got EVs coming changes in IIHS changes in all of this stuff across a vehicle. How much time does it get for consumer confidence to return to like, okay, I understand that last year the car was basically the same. I was cool with it. You got a good rating. Now you don't have a good rating. So I'm going to go over here and like, do we lose more brand loyalty in the process because of like this change in the way a government structure perceives a vehicle and it might not necessarily mean a change in the actual vehicle. I'm a, I'm a stretch here. All right. Stretch. Because this is like, I'm, I'm going to try to bring it into the Ben weird world, right? Where <laughs> one, I would say fair. brand wise Volvo's on the list. Perfect for them. They have to be on the list. Like that's a win. Yep. Two is think about the impact on autonomy cars. Autonomous cars. Mm. <clears throat> okay. So like, like take that and then extrapolate it down a few years when, you know, cars are driving themselves. It's like, okay, that means you have that moral problem that we all debate, which is like, yep. does the car crash into itself or whatever? Yep. You know, I, I think the more safe the car is, the more uh, it can, it can choose to protect, you know, it doesn't have to make what's really, inside. Really yeah. yeah right. right. Yeah. yeah. And so then I think that's when it becomes a really big trigger point for people to go like, okay, I'm going to pick this car because it's less likely that, you know, it's going to have to do something crazy to basically like put me in danger. Or if it does, at least it's super, super safe. The other thing I would say is like, how the hell do you start quantifying that? Like at some point th that agency is going to have to have like a moral compass dilemma thing where they're trying to map out like, hey, well, not, it's not just 40 miles an hour towards a barrier. It's like 40 miles an hour towards a barrier of three people. What if it's just two? What if it's right. four? What if it's four, four, but three of them are newborns? What if it's a solid like, wall or like, you know, just a barrier that could be run through, right? I mean, totally, man. Yeah. And, and well, and I think like the decision-making process for a consumer has always been like, it's, it's almost like crash safety ratings have kind of been like a way down on the list kind of like dealerships are like, hey, we won this thing. And like, really, I, if I have to perceive most consumers, they're like, ah, oh, that's cool. You know, it's a car. Yeah. I think it keeps me safe. Remember in the 80s when I didn't wear a seatbelt type thing, you know? know? And so and we slept on our stomachs as babies and stuff. It's like, yeah. Exa exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. I think there Feels is going to be a shift over the next few years. And, and, and I think like, what happens after the wreck, right? Now you got a battery involved and you got, you know, water or, 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 you know, any different fluid on a battery. What happens to that? It's like, there's so much more that has to change. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the decisions are, are, are gonna, are definitely gonna be impacted by that. Speaking of impacted decisions. Segway. There it is. There it is. All right. So. Recently, supermarkets have been doubling down on their in-house product lines as sales of private label 
products. So things like uh, the Kroger brand of soap or the Target brand of detergent uh, have been uh, the what customers have been looking at for ways to economize their purchasing patterns. Uh, supermarkets such as Kroger and Carrefour are investing in expanding their in-house offerings across more price points and product categories. So they're pressing into that because consumers are looking at, and anecdotally, well, not anecdotally, actually, there's been a lot of research recently um, to where big box retailers like Walmart are seeing a rise in uh, overall uh, purchases as well as the the number of items on a ticket and, and also the types of items that are being purchased because people in higher income brackets are starting to shop economy products more often citing rises in inflation as their reason for that so i think that it's just like this is what's interesting to me and and i want to start to tie it back to just like what we're thinking about in auto every single day is that is that especially for high in for in people in higher or middle middle to high income brackets starting to choose products that are not products or locations that are not typical for them due to pricing and inflation that's a that's a market shift that we haven't seen in a hot minute like like we mm. we've still seen like this consumer price index and like consumer sentiment is still fairly even or high um but there's a shift there's a willingness to uh, you know to kind of push away brand loyalty for like your branded right. products and go toward you know, these like products like this, like you're, you're, but it's still kind of brand loyalty, right? Like it's still like at the store. Yeah. Yeah. Like I bet, like, I feel like there's probably a, a, a consumer perspective difference between like target soap and Walmart soap, even at the same price, you know, target probably yeah. just feels like, you know, way like cleaner. I don't know, not cleaner. Well, probably their packaging way. is let's just, but as a like brand, that. I feel like yeah, it's yeah, a cleaner yeah. brand. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I feel like that mixed with like something like Trader Joe's, which is all, uh, you know, white label. Yep. You know, I just wonder if it's like a testament to like how important it is to build a brand as an individual business, so that you have the opportunity to to capture, as yep. opposed to like you know, um, looking at it from a perspective of like these other well-established brands losing. Yep. Who's winning? Well, know? well, yeah. I mean, and and you think about that as a dealership. It's like if the dealership has enough of a brand, and let's say you're a Toyota dealership, and this person is co- consistently buying a Toyota, but now they have to make the conscious decision to move used because used car monthly payments are on average higher than yeah. new car monthly yep. pa- payments were in 2019. You know, they're they're up over 550 bucks, and so like. What what's the decision making process that leads you to continue to stay with a brand? Like, are you going to the private labeled used car, or are yeah. you just kind of shopping anywhere because it was much more the OEM brand? And I think this is where like the dual brand nature of a franchise dealership has to really come in play because like Bro, Target Target is that all day. I would I would actually disagree too because like one start of COVID, you saw a lot of flexibility in consumer behavior. Because everybody's like, well, I have to kind of go online right now. So that was a moment similar where you're like just seeing a consumer go, all right, I'm getting out of habit. I'm going to try something new. Sure. The other one I would say that's like relatively recent that feels similar is sort of the push to direct to consumer. Like with like think about like mattresses, 
you know, where people are like, yo, I'm just going to get a Casper yeah, right. instead of a Tempur-Pedic or whatever, a Sealy, just because, you know, I can get it for slightly less, still high quality, direct to consumer. Um, we could probably tie this to some kind of direct to consumer automotive thing. <laughs> My brain's too tired right now to even like, <laughs> to even get there though. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, I think you could. I, I think that the reality is, is that just as consumers are sensing the pressure of uh, things like inflation and you know a job market that's getting that's getting squeezed and and especially yep. in like tech, you know, they're they're looking for ways to be economical and you know thinking about that as the way that you're communicating, especially going into a holiday season where people are spending additional money is like. How are you communicating not just product and price, but availability or, you know, your brand so that people continue to choose you? Uh, so like people, you know, they, they, they still want to, they still want to shop at Kroger, but they're willing to kind of go at, um, go at that private label sales. Well, yeah, speak, you, you, well go, 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 go. Like what do you Echo, got? Echo Park would be a good example, right? Right. Sub brand within the brand that kind of emphasizes a very specific thing, you know, like that. I think that it's like a massive opportunity. A lot of dealers aren't aren't capturing right now, which is like, hey, overarching brand. But then for that segment or for a very specific consumer, let's have this whole other thing. Yep. Driveway, another good one, too. Driveway, yeah. good one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we got one more. I don't have a segue. It's just the way it is. You're going to have to deal with it. Uh, everybody's kind of talking about it. Today, the, the Fed will be uh, having their final meeting of the year, uh, talking through interest rates and uh, the, the hikes that it, they are perceiving will happen now and in the future. And it looks like they are going to be raising interest rates by only a half a percentage point, so 50 basis points, instead of three quarters of a point. Uh, this time, scaling back from three straight quarters of percentage point increases. Um, so uh, what they're looking at is a couple different reports. So they're looking at the jobs report and the inflation report. The inflation report, which is actually uh, starting to come back down to a more regular rate of uh, inflation. So they, they're saying that rate hikes aren't going to have to happen as fast. Um and uh, but they are still needing to raise interest rates because the consumer pricing index is still rising, uh, although it's down two percentage points uh, from June, which was at nine percent. Now it's at seven point one percent. So uh, the good news is, is we're not going to get as fast of inflation, uh, but in, or of interest rate hikes. But they're still coming. They're still impacting consumers, uh, and and it's gonna like. I think that the question is going to be really like we've seen a, enough of a rise and a staying power within the holiday season from a buying. And, and like, we've had a lot of like large market players um, say, Hey, look in our data, it looks like people are still buying. People are still spending money. Um, I'm just wondering what's going to happen with this most recent interest rate hike and then happening into the new year as people kind of start to pull back and think like, okay, what's my 2023 budget? What am I going to do about that? Yeah. I mean, my, my gut instinct too right now is, you know, that they have to, that it's wise for them to sort of overcorrect, right? Like it's, yep. it makes more sense for them to, to, I mean, I get that this, this is lower than anticipated, but I think it, it still means that it might be prolonged longer, you know, yep. like they're, they're gonna, they're just like, it, uh, for the fed, it's probably easier for them to, uh, use their tools to go the, uh, to go back down than to to rapidly keep going up. Yep. So I think they keep, you know, they're they're basically gonna have to like 
over um, uh, kind of create some insurance on the whole situation so that they can take some steps backwards if they need to. Yep. Yeah, uh, I thought I, I read a quote earlier to, uh, this week that said basically, you know, it seems like inflation and interest rates seem to take a sharp turn north really quickly, but then they come down a lot slower. Uh, so inflation just takes a while to come back down. Interest rates take a little bit longer to come back down. Uh, so I yep. think we're starting to see that that trend. Um, and and uh, you know I I think that like consumer consumer sentiment still seems like we're going to see a lot of purchasing behavior into 2023 as we're looking at inventory coming back. It's still something where many dealerships are experiencing. We were talking about yesterday uh, lots that are not full. You know, unless you're a CDJR dealership, your lots are completely full. Um, but I know a lot of dealerships that are still selling through their pipeline and and have totally. sales projected all the way into January. So uh, I don't think many people are worrying about. About it um but someone the shoe's gonna drop with someone and i think it might be the consumer first um here's my rule of thumb for sensing a bull market this is what i've learned over right. the last four G- years give me give it to us if i get three text messages telling me uh an nft a cryptocurrency or a stock to buy i get three <laughs> text messages in a day we're back to bull baby let's go but until that moment happens okay. you know <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that crypto moment is coming back for a hot minute. But you might get that. But like that was back in November. That was like the norm. That was it. I know. Yeah, you're not on Snapchat coin. Like, come on, man. (laughs) Well, hey. Segway. That's not the end. That's the end. We are not financial advisors. We can tell you that for one sure. What we are is advisors on how you can take best practices, industry news, and insights and turn them into real action every day.